Speedway proudly presents Rapid on Racing, the Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program is brought to you in part by our marketing partners. Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States, here's Rapid on Racing. So proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming. listeners joining us now is dave oliveri dave good evening how are you i'm doing well don just um you know we're getting to that middle portion of may tracks are opening up the weather for the most of the weekend was kind of a a good weekend we had a few tracks that uh you know had some cancels but uh that's like you always tell me the weatherman's 50 50 so sometimes you win sometimes you lose Listeners, we want to welcome a new sponsor, Curtis Power Solutions. It's part of the Indel Power Group, LLC, a company whose portfolio includes six other companies, and they deal with on-highway, marine, industrial, oil and gas, power generation, uh, markets across the six companies. And one of the six companies they recently acquired was Alternative Power Sources. And we're going to have more information on them as we get it. Sylvan Eastler has, was uh, responsible for getting them to continue with Rapping on Racing, and we want to welcome them. And when you think about it in our group of listeners, so many of our listeners, they do work on the highway, on the water, they deal with industrial oil and gas and power generations. And the short version of that is this company, Curtis Power Solutions, can provide power for any company working anywhere on land or water. And we're just pleased to have them with us. It's always kind of an old sponsor, but yet a new one. And I always think in anything that you do in business endeavors to for, you know, Sylvan to convince these people to come stay on. And again, you never know 
with the countless listeners that we have in the racetracks out there, especially uh, you know with, with alternative power sources been involved with in the past, uh, that can generate some new business for the company. And again, I welcome Purtis Power Solutions to Rapid on Racing as well as you do. Yeah, look forward to working with them. I understand you were one of the people that listened to the weatherman and did not make the trip to Jennerstown, but but fortunately, you could watch all the races. Let's talk about Dave and Flow Racing. Yeah, myself and my girlfriend, Shaw, we were going to head up, make a day out of it, but they kept saying 60, 70% chance, and, you know, from my home back in Pittsburgh up to Jennerstown, it's a two-hour drive, and you know, with, the, with the economy the, the way it is now, you really don't want to have to drive if you don't have to, but I was able to flick on to Flow Racing, and this was Jennerstown, really, first endeavor in Dawn. I'm not going to steal anything from Billy Rebar, but just not from the media standpoint, but just from a viewer, that place, place was lit up like a Christmas tree, and I'm sure Billy's going to have a lot to tell us about it in his report, Don. He, I've never heard him happier than he was uh, from Saturday's racing. He was just, he was on Claude 9. Well, in addition to Billy, we're going to have Larry Hemminger, one of the owners from Jennerstown Speedway, and then you have a series of nice interviews. I, yeah, I had the opportunity to make it up to, to Lernerville Speedway Friday night, and some familiar faces, some old faces, but Dave Murdick, who I think he's in his fourth decade of racing, and I think, you know, his father, he ran like six decades of racing, but Dave picked up his 32nd career win at Lernerville Speed, so, Speedway. So we have a nice interview with him, and also in the UMLS race, uh, Greg Satterley, an exciting battle. Uh, neck and neck with Dave Hess up and through lap on was 26 when he finally cleared him. And we have a nice interview with Greg as well. And uh, Tyler Harris is going to have his report. They had some nice weather, got their show in. Yeah, I mean, that was another one. Uh, you looked at the radar and, you know, again, you just never know how the rain gods are, you know. Mercer got theirs in, but Sharon didn't get theirs in. And, you know, fortunately, Pittsburgh got a, a great evening of racing in with them. I have a 30-minute in four sections interview with Mark Richards. Three of the four sections talks about the history of Rocket Chassis. And then the fourth segment explains why the team decided that they were going to run with the Lucas Oil Series. You know, speaking of that, I again, with Flow Racing, being they're everywhere, Don, and I had a chance to uh, watch some racing. It was kind of a, a Flow Racing series that they have, and some of these paychecks were, you know, 22000 but we won't get into all the winners, but Brandon Shepard, who is from Illinois, will normally, when he's not running the Rocket House car, he'll take his own car out, the family car, and run the races in Illinois, but... You know, Mark and Brandon decided to to head out uh, to Illinois and run Fairbury and some of the different tracks out there. And Brandon picked up a win, I think, win in two seconds in a fourth. So a pretty good trip for the gentleman from Rocket Racing. 
Howie Bayless has a nice interview with Chris McGuire. He's currently the point leader in the uh, Penn Ohio series, and he picked up a victory at Latrobe, and we're going to hear about that. And then Jim Zufall has a nice interview with Mike Schindel of the Flashlight Dregs. Darn. The, all the years I've been doing this, and this is kind of a, a joke that we have amongst ourselves. They said, when we interview you on rap and on racing, good things generally happen. And last week, we, I had a, an interview I did back with Jeremy Corbaugh in the first part of uh, February. And he picked up a win Saturday night at the Mercer Raceway Park. So congratulations, Jeremy, on your win. You got the magic touch. Let Dave interview you and get prepared to be in victory lane. Hey, you interviewed John Forrest. Look what happened to him. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of tracks, I mean, weather affected a lot of tracks, but people need to learn, don't listen to the weather, man, unless you can see it with your own eyes. Don Martin had a quote many, many years ago, and he said, we're not rained at until we're rained at. And I, I remember being a pit steward and running the races one night when it was snowing. I had to cover up the cans where you pulled your pills because the snow was going in a can. And we raced. Wasn't a good idea because the crowd was really uh, down that night, but that was his philosophy. Well, Friday night at Lernerville, I had a chance to general, talk to general manager Mike Lysakowski. And, and again, it's a track. You're watching this forecast all day. and this is There was like a 10% chance of rain and when i got to the track friday night it was raining and they had a couple of rain delays so like you said don't listen to the weatherman yes okay dave any closing thoughts no it's just uh i i i'm i'm pleased with uh, how some of the openers are going and i just hope uh, in the economy that's out there you hear you know things opening and closing and uh you know, if you're talking to the drivers you know there's concerns out there i had a a nice interview that we're going to hear later. We're going to hear with Chubb Frank, and he's going to do regional racing. But, you know, he was saying, Dave, you know, i got to put gas in my toter home, and it's $6 a gallon. And he says, I wasn't making any money when it was 3 or $4 a gallon, and I'm certainly not going to be making money now. So he says, a lot of times what I have to do, he says, I need to carry both cars with me. I carry the crate car, and I carry the late model, and the crate car, if I do well, will pay for the fuel bill and some food for the team, and the late model is what the late model is. But uh, that's just the, the, the thing of racing, you know, tires, and there's still part shortages out there, which it's hard to believe in today's society, but that's where we're at, Don. Yes, and unfortunately, it all goes back to one person, but we won't get into that. Well, Dave, good report. I thank you. You have a nice evening. We'll talk to you next week. All right, Don. Looking forward to it. Hey, this is Mark Richards. You're listening to Rapid On Racing with Don Gamble. This is the Banker Bob Thought for May 16th. A pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity. An optimist sees an opportunity in every difficulty. This portion of Rapid On Racing is brought to you by the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, home of the Motor Mountain Masters. For more information, check out Jennerstown.org. 
Area Auto Racing News is a great way to keep up to date on what is happening in motorsports. Some of their excellent writers include Ernie Saxton, Joanne Davies, Walt Weimer, and Dave Dragovich, just to name a few. Subscribe now to Area Auto Racing News at AARN.com. 50 issues at just $60 or digital only for $39 a year. For more information, call 609-888-3618 or go online to AARN.com. Stay informed with Area Auto Racing News. Since 1974, Environmental Air Incorporated has provided quality sheet metal and HVAC services in the greater Pittsburgh area. They're a commercial sheet metal contractor. Founded in 1974 by Glade Neal, Environmental Air is a family-owned union sheet metal company currently managed by Paul and Craig Neal. The people of Environmental Air are both a team and a family. They believe customer service is important. They value their employees and know that together they can have a meaningful impact on each project or service they provide. Residential service is not available due to the magnitude of their commercial work. 47 years of excellent customer service is the foundation of this successful company. Environmental Air is located at 1100 McCartney Street, Pittsburgh, PA, 15220. For additional information, call 412-922-8988. Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September. Come see daring drivers compete in late models, modifieds, pro stocks, street stocks, chargers, and the fast and furious fours. Special events include the Motor Mountain Masters, NASCAR Whalen Modifieds, ISMA sanctioned Super Modifieds, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, and Enduro races. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex takes great pride in providing fun, affordable family entertainment. The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. Out of turn four, two to go. Side by side, they touch again. Wiltrout takes the lead. Hemminger trying to get back to the bumper of the 95. Gary Wiltrout, your new leader. Wiltrout in front of the 72 now. Out of turn four, the white flag waves. How about this driving at the front of the pack? Wiltrout pulling away from Hemminger. It took all race to get by him. Now Ani going to try to take second place away from Hemminger. A tremendous race. As Gary Wiltrout comes out of turn four, he'll wave the, he'll take the checkered flag. Hemminger second, Lottie third, Gabala fourth, Sweeney fifth. You could throw a blanket over the rest of them. How about that? What a race to finish our opening night at Jennerstown Speedway. Gary Wiltrout in that 95 car hangs on for the victory, and we'll get to talk to the veteran driver in Stoney's beer. Victory Lane. Wow, that was awesome. Is out of his race car. Let him hear you. What a job driving by the veteran to take the win with two laps to go. Takes a big chug of water. On opening night, what a win. Gets a fist bump in Victory Lane. Come over here, Gary. That was awesome. 
Wrap It On Racing with Don Gamble and Bill Freebar. Yep. A lot of good things happening at Jennerstown Speedway, and we're going to talk to Billy Rebar and get, get some of his thoughts on the Flow Racing presentation from Jennerstown Speedway. Bill, good evening. How are you? I'm doing really well, Don. Still basking in the glory of the wonderful opening night here this past Saturday at Jennerstown. You know, Mother Nature didn't come without letting us know she was around. Uh, we had a brief storm come through at 2 o'clock. Actually rained pretty heavy, and you know, all week long, they said 80% chance of rain, 80% chance of rain, all the way up till Friday, 80% chance of rain. And, you know, our gut kind of tells us one thing when you're up on the mountain and it's going to be 70-some degrees. you got to play a little bit by ear. So we decided we were going to give a go at it, and we made the right decision, Don. It rained between 2 and 3. Hot laps are supposed to start at 4. At 10 after 4, the cars were already on the track. Didn't even set us back on time. We did have a few cars that quite didn't make it out. I think they it was raining where they at, and they figured they were never going to get the races in. And we got the entire program in in four hours and ten minutes, Don. Uh, it was outstanding. Hats off to Jared Adams and his wife, Louisa Adams Photography. He has grabbed this flow racing broadcast deal by the horns and has run with it. His group of interns, uh, we have a gentleman that used to work at WJAC, Big John Foster, Awesome, awesome guy, just retired, ran the panel on the news for years, wants to be a part of what we're doing at Jennerstown. You watch the broadcast at home, Dawn. I think they absolutely killed it. Uh, Nate Rigotti on the, the mic, it was just everything we could hope for. They looked like a group of seasoned veterans, the camera work. I am so proud of what they accomplished at Jennerstown. That was a feat in itself on top of some amazing racing. I really, really enjoyed the uh, feature, uh, and I was happy to see Will Trot. Uh, I don't know, he had some problems, medical problems last year, but apparently got that resolved, and uh, he drove it like a champion, and it was nice to watch and get their thoughts and hear what they had to say. Very, very exciting 30-lap feature for the Martellus Pharmacy Lay Models. With five to go, you didn't know if it was going to be Gary Will Trout, Mikey Hemminger, Barry, Audi, Teddy Gaballer, and Mike Sweeney, who was actually running the fastest laps with five to go, just ran out of time. It's just incredible to see championship-caliber racing on opening night. I mean, what more can you ask for? Five cars, basically, well, four cars are under a blanket racing for the lead. It was insane. And big shout-out to Mike Hemminger. Uh, you know, he's not had the best of luck in the late models over the last couple of years. Went with a new paint scheme, beautiful-looking car this year, and he, he led all but that last lap, but uh, really happy for Mikey and his team to, to get back on the right track. I guess it's too soon to tell uh, where we are on that contest. Yeah, Don, if I had a dollar for every person that called and asked me uh, if if we've won or where we've placed, and, man, they're keeping it really close to the to the chest here. I can't get it out of anyone I'm really excited to find out here this Wednesday. It's funny, I, I tell my kids, you know, we when we go on vacation, we count by sleeps. You know, there's two more sleeps. So we got Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday, we're going to find out. So two more nights, two more sleeps, and we'll find out if Jennerstown placed either for the grand prize of $50,000 or 15000 for second or ten for a third. But I will say this, Don, regardless if we win the money or not, everybody in America that has been following this, knows about Jennerstown Speedway. They see how supportive our drivers are. It has been a win in itself just being a part of this competition and getting the recognition and seeing the support from the community. 
The folks that were uh, involved in the production from Flow, what a nice job. Yeah, outstanding. It, it has just been, it is the least stressful night I've ever had at the racetrack as far as an opening night goes. Even with the in, you know, impending weather, it was just everybody is pulling in the same direction. The camaraderie, the teamwork at Jennerstown. I have the best staff in the business. It was excellent. And we, you know, we had we used the wrecker one time, Don. Had 71 cars on the property. Like I said, we were short about 14 or 15 because of different reasons. But one wrecker for a six-division racing program with 71 cars, that means everybody's put back together already to come race again next week. So really excited. Great. Hats off to all the drivers, the winners. Dawn, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about where everyone finished or what they did because, hey, we got Flow Sports now. Everyone can log on, get a subscription. They can play it back. Or then go to Jennerstown.org and see all those results. Any idea uh, how many people were watching? No, and I can't wait to find that out. Uh, it's one of those things. We, we still got more things to do to improve the broadcast. It's been quite an investment of time on Jared's part. He's spent lots and lots of hours up in the press box. And some of the things you can't actually find out until it's race day and you go live. So you will see a ticker tape at the top of the screen in the very near future. Uh, we're going to start working on replays, but I mean, Don, I watch short track racing on different platforms, various platforms, all week long, all weekend long. You can watch a different racetrack a night on Flow Sports and not see them all. And some of these tracks have been doing this a lot longer than one night as we have, and I would put this group of individuals up against almost all of them. So... Better things to come, but what an outstanding job out of the gate. Well, what is Billy Rebar looking for this coming week? Well, this Saturday, May 21st, is our Armed Forces Appreciation Night. All active and retired military will receive free general admission into the Speedway. One of the great things, we partner up with an organization called uh, Operation Vet Now, and their founder, Tony Aubrey, great guy. Met him a couple years ago. And he is just does so much for our veterans in our area. He has a great cause. They create um, PTSD awareness and suicide awareness. Great organization. Uh, he's also extremely instrumental in the Memorial Day weekend with the Wheel and Modified Tours and some of the things we have planned there. So really excited to honor those veterans, active and retired military, receive free admission. And, Don, I mean, there were 3,500-plus people in the stand Saturday night. It was raining 20 miles down the road. I, I can't imagine Mother Nature blesses us with some good weather. Don, they sold 18 cases of hamburgers Saturday night. It's insane uh, what's happening at Jennerstown Speedway. There's a lot of tracks that would give their right arm to have 3,500 people in there anytime. And you're doing it with bad weather all around you. So you've got to be very pleased. Well, once again, it's such a great group of individuals, a great group of team. The drivers, it, the support that we've gotten from the drivers in the off season, and Barry Audi, you know, he's a, a figurehead of the Speedway, and he's just he's been around a long time. And uh, when Barry Audi tells you you're doing a good job, that's about the ultimate compliment you can get. So we're excited to see what the rest of the season has to come. Like we said, hope Mother Nature cooperates but we got some really big events coming up here in the very near future so we got a better chance to further showcase Jennerstown Speedway honestly to the world John not just the country anymore to the entire world well I thank you for a great uh, report any closing thoughts anything you'd like to add 
No, just once again, want to thank everybody for their support. It, it's just unwavering at this time. and Can't wait to see what happens Wednesday, and I'm sure we'll share it on the show. I want to thank you. You have a nice evening. Thanks, Don. This portion of Rapid on Racing was brought to you by the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, home of the Motor Mountain Masters. For information about upcoming events at Jennerstown Speedway, check out Jennerstown.org. Curtis Power Solutions is part of the Indel Power Group LLC, a company whose portfolio encompasses all aspects of on-highway marine, industrial, oil and gas, and power generation markets across six companies. Indel Power Group's brands are positioned to deliver an exceptional customer service by offering industry-leading products from well-trusted OEMs, guaranteeing cost-effective and comprehensive solutions. Unlike many engine and heavy equipment distributors or contractors, Curtis Power Solutions is focused exclusively with the on-site power generation market, offering a full range of power generation equipment from the industry-leading brands. For more than 10 years, they've been an authorized distributor on the East Coast of the United States. For additional information, contact Curtis Power Solutions at 757-673-7000. No one covers motorsports like Rapid on Racing. For nearly 40 years, Rapid on Racing has provided the best in motorsports information with knowledgeable and veteran reporters who cover all forms of racing. Weekly reports include local dirt and asphalt racing from Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, plus the All-Star, Lucas Oil Late Models, NASCAR, Rush, and the World of Outlaws. Listeners get the latest breaking motorsports news. The show features special guests, local track reports, driver interviews. The host of Rapid on Racing is Don Gamble. A former driver and track promoter, Don brings a wealth of racing knowledge to the program every week. Rapid on Racing. Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September. Come see daring drivers compete in late models, modifieds, pro stocks, street stocks, chargers, and the fast and furious fours. Special events include the Motor Mountain Masters, NASCAR Whalen Modifieds, ISMA sanctioned Super Modifieds, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, and Enduro races. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex takes great pride in providing fun, affordable family entertainment. The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. Hi, this is NASCAR driver Josh Berry, and you're listening to Rapping on Racing. Listeners, a lot of good things are happening at Jennerstown Speedway, and we're going to take a minute and talk to Larry Hemminger. Larry, good afternoon. How are you? Oh, I'm just great today. you got to be excited. Every year, you and the other two owners, along with Billy Rebar, come up with something new, something exciting, and the fans are loving it. Looking at the 2022 season, some of your thoughts on, on what we can expect. Well... Billy has a Billy, our general manager is just. I got to give him about ninety percent of all the credit uh, for what our success. Bill, he puts his heart and soul into this whole thing, and uh, he is so proud of what he's accomplished, and we're proud of him for what he's 
really done for us. And um, so he uh, he has put together an unbelievable program. We just keep adding stuff and bigger events and, you know, more superstars coming in here. And between the, uh, you know, that uh, Masters thing, we get some really great uh, drivers from all over the country. And that's been an exciting thing. But uh, just the whole program we've got going. And then the facility improvements, uh, the lighting is just going to be great. Um, and I, that, that's a big, big thing. It was a lot of money to put out there, but it's going to be, you know, save us energy. And our generator is going to op- operate at 30% capacity rather than 80% like it has been with those lights. And we were up uh, one night last week and we adjusted them, and it's just amazing the lights you get out of them and, you know, the energy savings and just a lot of other improvements. Uh, we're, I don't know when we find out about this uh, NASCAR grant but that'll be great because we plan on putting that all into uh, new restroom facilities uh, i mean our facilities are nice now but um just want to make something a lot nicer for the fans and uh, so there's just a whole bunch of improvements and uh, we got such a great uh, bunch of maintenance people there uh, morgan and uh, just just the whole crowd uh, or the whole group of guys bunch of old retired guys and they're just the best and uh, uh been up there painting and the weather just has been against us so much so much rain and you get about three days a week if you're lucky to go in there and do something and plus i'm mowing the grass and it just won't stop you got to mow the grass about every three days between the rains so that's you know just just a lot of a lot of good things going on early on there were some growing pains with you the two other owners and Billy, where he would propose something that was really off the charts. And it'd be a discussion, him on back and forth. But then after each and every one of these new ideas came to fruition, I think uh, you and the other owners decided, hey, let's leave this guy alone because every time he hits the ball, it's a home run. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, because we're the ones, if things go wrong, we're, it, it, it's the one, we're the ones that get uh, affected, but it costs us the, the money to, you know, take care of the issues. But uh, so far, um, I don't believe there's been an event that hasn't been somewhat of a success. Some have been a little better than others, but um, uh, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, he has a great... Uh, uh, you know, ideas, and, and they uh, they usually are, are great ideas, and they usually turn out really well. Well, you mentioned how dedicated he is, and his passion for Jennerstown Speedway is incredible. If I call him or text him, doesn't matter what time. Now, I don't do it past 9 p.m. because I realize that's getting kind of late, but I get an answer back right away on uh, Whatever the question is, and I, I admire that in a, in a fellow in his position because he's a full-time job as a teacher, but he's also a full-time general manager at, at Jennerstown, and that takes a lot of work. Well, I think you hit the, uh, you know, hit it there. Uh, he's a school teacher, so he don't have a real job. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he has a lot of free time. And, and uh, when I say free time, because he has a lot of time between classes, and he, he teaches the industrial arts. Uh, he sent me a picture of a picnic table they're building as a project. And so he, he's really into his uh, kids, too, at school. He talks about how great, uh, what great classes, you know, he has and great kids they are uh, that he works with. 
And so he does, it is a perfect job because in the summer he's off, he, and summer's when racing is. So it's, yeah. it couldn't be a more perfect uh, real job, and you know, this obviously is his part-time job, but I think he puts just as many hours into this. And you're exactly right. You know, I'll get a text at nine, ten o'clock at night from him about something, and and uh, but it, I think I don't know where the guy sleeps. And he got his whole family involved too: his mother Linda and and uh, his dad Bill. They they and his wife Jamie. They you know they put their heart and soul into it. His mother prints tickets like all day long. And uh, his dad comes and helps uh, with other racers and just does all kinds of things. It rains. He's out there with the tractor drying things off. So he, his whole family, his kids just love it, and they become a real part of it. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a family, just like racing. I mean, it's, it's a real family, family sport. And you, know, you go up there and you see the little kids running around, and it's just, it makes you, you know, it just makes you feel good about the sport. It's uh more than just a sport it's a family event that's the ticket the family part of it is the best part and i tell the drivers you know on a typical race night you might be on the track for an hour but the other six and a half days of the week something connected to racing whether it's the dad the mother the wife the girlfriend everybody's part of the program and i think that the racing family i know in my life the racing family with the exception of my personal family was more important to me than people I worked with and all my years in education. The first priority was family at home. The next one was racing. And you say you don't know when he sleeps. Well, when it's a big weekend, he sleeps at the track. He brings a motor home there. And he, and he said what's nice about it, the kids have a chance to hang out with other kids. And, and he's right there. And it's not like they're at home and he's at the track. It's perfect scenario. Yeah, it is. Uh, and uh, I know last year I got, I had a, one of my my kids, my or my grandkids. Uh, Will he had a go kart, and it was he doesn't ride him; he's too big for it. And I brought that go kart up there, and his kids just ride ride that go kart, and it just gives them you know something else to do. But yeah, it's uh, I know at, at my garage, and uh, we talked about working on cars. I know in the last well since September last year when it was over, I can almost guarantee you I didn't spend. Ten nights that I wasn't at that garage working on the cars with either my son Mike or my grandson Will and or any other guys that come around. Barry Audie's out there all the time helping us, and uh, we know we owe our success uh, to Barry. He, and he just—I could name twenty people that he helps out, like the Burkholders and Mossdaller, and just you know he'll he'll help anybody. He just took over where his dad left off, and. Uh, you know, Bill was one of my best friends and uh, just an amazing person. And, and Barry's just really, really filled in, you know, for him and uh, just continuing his legacy, you know, of helping people. And he, there's just nobody has helped more people than Bill Audie did. I can't imagine. It must be in the water up there where they live because I met Bill at Jennerstown one night and we became friends until he passed away. Uh, You'd be hard-pressed to think of somebody that they haven't helped up at the track on any given uh, race night or during the week or whatever. Hey, we're, um, we're going to need to take a break. We're talking to Larry Hemminger from Jennerstown Speedway, and we'll be back after these messages. No one covers motorsports like Rapid on Racing. For nearly 40 years, Rapid on Racing has provided the best in motorsports information with knowledgeable and veteran reporters 
who cover all forms of racing. Weekly reports include local dirt and asphalt racing from Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, plus the All-Star, Lucas Oil Late Models, NASCAR, Rush, and the World of Outlaws. Listeners get the latest breaking motorsports news. The show features special guests, local track reports, driver interviews. The host of Rapid on Racing is Don Gamble. A former driver and track promoter, Don brings a wealth of racing knowledge to the program every week. Rapid on Racing. Back, we're talking to Larry Hemminger from the Jennerstown Speedway. Larry, I understand that you like to go to swap meets. I'd like to hear the story there. Well, I've always been a, a swap meet uh yard sales, uh, flea markets. I, I just always, always love to do that. I just like a good deal. And, uh, you know, go down to Carlisle or, I know we had the one here at Jennerstown. Orlo put that one on. We had great attendance and good day. And uh, I know I took, I actually took some stuff to sell. I know people say, you're going to sell some stuff? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to finally get rid of some stuff. And it was all the bad things I bought or, you know, so uh, I know I took uh, oh, quite a bit of stuff. I probably sold three or four hundred, but I bought about six hundred. So <laughs> um, there was just a lot of race guys there, and just you know, really good deals. And most of the stuff I buy, in all honesty, is not usually from me. I tell, someone says, "Hey, I'm looking for a new steering column, or I'm looking for this or that, a, a seat or belts for the Enduros or something." And so probably a third, at least, of the stuff I buy, I end up giving it away to racers, especially the Enduro thing where they had to have a seat and belts that don't have to be dated. And so, uh, you know, you can buy them for five, ten bucks, a nice set of belts and seats. Uh, you know, me and John Morocco went to the same swap meet down at Silver Springs and we had a little contest. I bought six seats. He called me and he says, how many seats did you get? And I said, I got six. He said, I beat you. I got eight. <laughs> so we had 14 seats uh, between us, uh, which I think I only got two left, and you know, Enduro guys and just guys building street stocks or Charger cars. And I know uh, Bob Mostaller, he's always over at my place getting, he just was over and got a drive shaft and, uh, you know, just all kinds of parts. And, you know, you pick the stuff up for 10, 10 cents on the dollar usually when it's used. And so uh, I got shelves full of stuff and radiators, just, just anything, wheels, transmissions, and so uh, I, I like to help out the guys in the beginning because they're all, you know, everybody's a little bit uh, under budgeted and uh, needs need some help. And uh, so I, I try and, uh, you know, do what I can for them. Well, your efforts don't go unnoticed, and I think it builds on the camaraderie and the, the good faith that these guys see when one of the owners is willing to help them out in a jam. Now, we mentioned the Vote Tech Schools, and John Morocco went to Vote Tech School, and I know when I talked to him, he said he studied welding. Well, look now, I mean, he's probably more successful than 99% of the people that went to college. You know, we sat at a meeting one day after when the six of us was involved with Denny, uh, um, Denny out there and um, Doug and Snooky and that, and we six of us sitting around the table, and all all six of us were somewhat successful, and not one of us went to college. But like I went to Votech, uh, like uh, night school. I went for small engine repair and I went for welding, and uh, you know it was a great experience and. It was all, I always worked on chainsaws and most small engines and things like that, but going to school, you kind of learn 
some of the little things that you didn't know. Same thing with welding. It's, you know, what rods to use for the right thing. Of course, everything today is pretty much MIG, MIG welding, but I know my grandson, Will, it's that he doesn't want to go to college, and he just wants to go to uh, Votech. He was just up for his orientation, and I just think it's a great thing, because I think in the next years, you can make more money being a welder or a mechanic or a machinist than you're going to make being a school teacher or and I think unless you want to be a doctor, uh, an attorney, or a school teacher, or something like that, some real profession, you're way better off to go to a Votech or you know uh, one of one of the trade schools and learn heating and air conditioning or something. Because you can never get a when your furnace is broke, you can never get a guy to come fix it. But there's just nobody out there. So I think uh, the, the industrial arts uh, schools are just great. It's kind of ironic that you mentioned. Uh, the classes you took because for years I taught small engine repair and machine shops so we're definitely on the same page and <clears throat> doctor here's a story I like to tell doctor's got a problem with his commode calls the plumber the plumber comes to the door and he says uh, Haas calls a hundred dollars the doctor says I don't get a hundred dollars for a Haas call and the plumber says I know I used to be a doctor <laughs> that's a great one <laughs> yeah um, you've been involved in the sport for a long time. You, uh, a lot of that time at Jennerstown. With the weekly racing series coming back, what a major accomplishment that is. Some of your thoughts on that. Well, when Billy first came to us and said, uh, you know, NASCAR wants us to, you know, you know, join that group and I, I was totally against it because the cost for the drivers the drivers is a good thing really because the points fund thing it's it's amazing I, I know when I won the championships with Motor Driven um, Jennerstown that year I mean I got like $2,500 in a you know basically a pure stock and Michael he won the championship in street stocks and I think he got like 3500 well I think that's a huge part of it plus the insurance is big and I was against it because everybody, the pit crew, everybody going into that pits had to have a, a license, which was $100. And I, I was just against it. I said, because the drivers already have to pay too much. I mean, they, you know, the gas and the tires and admission and everything. And I was against it. And then when we renegotiated, and, of course, that flow racing part come into it, and we're getting paid to do that, it all kind of came together where just the racers, just the drivers, I'm sorry, just the drivers have to have the license. And they get, they'll get their money back out of that between the points fund and just the insurance if you get hurt bad. I mean, I'm probably even going to do it because, you know, I'm out there walking around in the pits and I could get run over and hurt badly. So I, that, that was a big thing. And then just, it's, it's just amazing how much uh, input we've got from, either advertisers from the drivers from just everybody about the whole thing uh, that just that nascar name i think the glow kind of left that years ago but now it seems to be back we just see with nascar i mean how the stadiums are kind of packed again uh, there's just a lot more interest in it um so i i it's a big big thing for us i mean there's not that many tracks involved uh anymore. I don't know how many there was back in the 90s whenever Jennerstown and Motordrome was involved, but I, I don't know today. I think there's only 40 tracks that are actually uh, NASCAR, you know, short track um, involved in this. 
Um, but uh, it, it's really seemed to turned out big. I and mean, we got the new big signs, NASCAR. We put up six new billboards with their, you know, it's going to have their advertising, the advanced uh, auto parts. And so it, it is a big thing. We've got way, oh, it's overwhelming. I mean, the response we've got to it. And, uh, and again, thanks to Billy, he's uh, really uh, put this, you know, he put the whole package together and he wasn't getting the right answers out of us. <laughs> he has a way of uh, renegotiating and get us all the three of us to see his vision, and uh, he's usually able. We're pretty we're pretty easily influenced by him because he has made an awful awful lot of good decisions for us, and uh, so uh, we owe a huge part of our success to Billy. Well, Larry Hemminger, I really appreciate the time that you. Uh set aside from your very busy company to do this interview and I want to thank you for being with us and you have a nice day I will have a nice day every day is a nice day when you get old like me (laughs) (laughs) this portion of tonight's program is brought to you by Zarin Truck and Automotive Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway returns for its 43rd racing season in 2022 with a jam-packed weekly racing schedule. It all kicks off on Saturday, April 23rd, featuring our five weekly racing divisions, the Rush Late Models, the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, the Hobby Stocks, the Open Four Cylinders, and the Young Guns. Throughout the season, PPMS will host several can't-miss special events, including the 34th annual Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series Pittsburgher 100, as well as three Rush Late Model Touring Series events, the Herb Scott Memorial, the Joke George Steel City Classic and the two-night Bill Hendren Memorial. Other special events include the Falcone Automotive 410 Outlaw Sprint Series, the Boss Wingless Sprint Car Series, the Penn Ohio Pro Stock Series Ed LeBoo Memorial, the Red Miley Rumble, the Thunder on the Dirt Vintage Modifieds, the Hobby Stock Invitational, and more. For our full schedule and all track information, check out ppms.com and be sure to stay up to date by following us on Facebook by searching Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway and on Twitter at PA Motor Speedway. Since 1974, Environmental Air Incorporated has provided quality sheet metal and HVAC services in the greater Pittsburgh area. They're a commercial sheet metal contractor. Founded in 1974 by Glade Neal, Environmental Air is a family-owned union sheet metal company currently managed by Paul and Craig Neal. The people of Environmental Air are both a team and a family. They believe customer service is important. They value their employees and know that together they can have a meaningful impact on each project or service they provide. Residential service is not available due to the magnitude of their commercial work. 47 years of excellent customer service is the foundation of this successful company. Environmental Air is located at 1100 McCartney Street, Pittsburgh, PA, 15220. For additional information, call 412-922-8988. Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. 
By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving, and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Tyler Harris. The fate of Saturday night's action event at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway was quite uncertain throughout the week leading up due to impending weather forecasts, but Mother Nature played nice and allowed for a full racing program at Third's Monster Half Mile. The track received a brief rain shower around 5.30 p.m. that pushed the start time back roughly 40 minutes to about 7.40 p.m. But thanks to the pit staff and the race control and the track crew, the five-division show was complete in its entirety by 10.30 p.m. May 14th's action event was headlined by the Cheplik Packing Hobby Stocks and featured night number one of their four-race $500 to win miniseries that will be taking place throughout the course of the 2022 racing season. It was 10th starting Cody Catellis picking up his 8th career feature win and the $500 prize after dueling with his father Gary Catellis for the lead in the early stages of the race. Not only did Cody earn bragging rights for Sunday's dinner over his father, but over his grandfather Drew Catellis as well, as Cody broke Drew's hobby stock track record time on lap 6 of the 20 lap feature event with a lap time of 23.430 seconds. The aforementioned Gary Catellis, a storied winner and former division track champion in his own right, would finish second. An impressive run for up-and-coming Tony McGill as he found himself with a third-place finish. The 16-year-old competitor doled for position with his older brother Frank McGill before Frank faced mechanical issues, forcing him to retire the car. The third-place finish for Tony was the highest in his young career. Adam Free had a solid fourth-place finish, and Jonathan Catellis rounded out the top five. Positions 6 through 10 belong to Logan Catellus, Jacob Weiser, Tom Anton, Ed Sheltman, and Jeff Sincaric. Heat race winners for the Cheplik Packing Hobby Stocks were Ben Anton and Gary Catellus. Next up on the evening were the Rourke Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models for their 20-lap feature event. Kyle Lucon, who happens to be the all-time winningest driver at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway and Rush Late Model Competition, made his way to victory lane for his 41st of his Pittsburgh career. Kyle's original plans to run at Elkin Speedway were squandered due to rain, and he nearly didn't make it to the track on time due to some hauler issues. Fortunately, Lucon and his crew were able to make it to the track just as hot laps were ending, and none of the attrition faced earlier in the day had any effect on Kyle's performance. Lucon sang the praises of fellow competitors Cole Patrell and Philip Bubeck and their respective crews for lending their helping hands and resources so that Kyle was able to even compete on Saturday night, let alone win. Pittsburgh's Mike Reft piloted his rocket chassis to a second-place finish. Cole Patrell and Philip Bubeck would finish third and fourth. And the 2021 Rush Futures Cup champion Cassidy Kamaker would round out your top five. Positions six through ten would include Dave Goble, Jake Gunn, Greg Goble, Bill Kessler, and Zach Gunn. Heat race winners for the Rorick Automotive Rush late models were Zach Gunn and Kyle Lucon. The Penn Ohio Pro Stocks put on a show for all of those in attendance Saturday night. 
It was Cranberry's Brian Hutchko making a clean sweep of the evening, not only winning his eighth career pro stock feature, but the sole heat race as well. Hutchko, a winner in multiple divisions of racing at Pittsburgh, including the hobby stocks and e-mods, gave thanks to his wife, Shannon, and his abundant, generous sponsors for being able to compete on a weekly basis. His win didn't come easy as the driver of the Diapolito Tree Farm number 84, Steve Diapolito, challenged Hutchko throughout the course of both the heat race and the feature. Diapolito would have to settle for second in both races. AJ Poljak, a respected engine builder for many competitors at PPMS, rounded out the podium. Heath Close and Mike Harris would complete the top five. Tony Charlier and Nick Kachuba, who suffered mechanical issues, would round out the sixth and seventh positions. The Crawford Auto Repair open four cylinders found a familiar face picking up a feature victory. Collier's West Virginia's April Tennant piloted her brand new BJP Performance Chevy Cavalier to victory lane in its maiden voyage. April, who sits fourth in the all-time wins list for open four-cylinder competitions with eight wins, had her hands full with her husband, Bill Tennant, throughout the course of the feature. Bill managed to get around April as the white flag came out, but a caution would extend the race to nine laps instead of eight. And April capitalized on the restart and bested her husband. Excuses, excuses, claimed April as she climbed out of her car and immediately hugged Bill, celebrating their exciting race and their one-two finish. Derek Quigley, Travis Corbin, and Lucas Weaver would finish positions three through five. The tenants weren't the only family racing as Susie Rudolph would outrace her father, Craig, for a sixth place finish. Craig would have to settle for seventh. April Tennant happened to also be the lone heat race winner in the Crawford Auto Repair open four cylinders. The always safe flagging and traffic control Young Guns promises to play host to the future stars of Western Pennsylvania auto racing, and I believe Saturday night was a true testament to that. Travis Clark of Pittsburgh made a clean sweep, winning both the lone heat race and the eight-lap feature event. Amy Laboon, who was the opening night feature winner, finished second. First starting Kirsten Chernick would round out the podium. Sadie Snatchko, Gavin Kakalis, and Zoe Knight would round out the 4th, 5th, and 6th positions, respectively. This upcoming Saturday night, May the 21st, will be a 6th Division action event featuring the Pittsburgh Circle Track Club and the Twin State Auto Racing Group for their respective night at the racetrack. Members of those respective groups will get in for free with their proper identification. The Hovis Auto and Truck Supply Rush Sportsman Modifieds presented by Born to Run Lubricants will headline the event, and they will be joined by the Rourke Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, the Cheplick Packing Hobby Socks, the Penn Ohio Pro Socks, the Crawford Auto Repair Open 4 Cylinders, and the Always Safe Flagging and Traffic Control Young Guns. Gates open at 5 p.m. with hot laps at 6 p.m. and racing at 7. General admission tickets only $15 for adults. Seniors are $14. Students 13 to 16 years of age are only $10. Kids 6 to 12 are only $5. And children 5 and under are always free. Looking at the schedule ahead, things are really heating up at Dirt's Monster Half Mile as on May 28th, Falcone Automotive 410 Winged Outlaw Sprint Series makes its season debut at Dirt's Monster Half Mile. They will be joined by the Rourke Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models. The Ed Laboo Memorial Tune-Up Race will also be taking place for the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, so expect to see an extended field of Pro Stocks on May 28th. The Cheplek Packing Hobby Stocks, the Crawford Auto Repair Open 4 Cylinders, and the Always Safe Flagging and Traffic Control Young Guns. 
the following Thursday, June 2nd. That's right. You heard right. Thursday Night Thunder, another 410 Wink Sprint Car Show. But that'll be the Western Pennsylvania Sprint Car Speed Week Show, night number two of Western PA Sprint Car Speed Week. So thanks very much to Tyler Beekner and his crew for choosing Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway to play host for night number two. $3,000 to win for the 410 Sprint Cars. They will be joined by the Rush Dirt Late Models and the Cheplik Packing Hobby Stocks. Two nights after that, June 4th, is the Ed Laboon Memorial for the Penn Ohio Pro Stock Series, the 11th annual running of that event. This promises to be an exciting event as promoter Vince Laboon has put in some hard work, some hard hours, and gathered up a lot of money throughout the field for those competitors of that race. 46 cars in attendance last year. I'm sure we can see just around that number again this year. They will be joined by the Rorick Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, the Cheplik Packing Hobby Stocks, the Always Safe Flagging and Traffic Control Young Guns, and the Crawford Auto Repair Open 4 Cylinders. But the Chaplick Packing Hobby Socks, the Young Guns, and the Four Cylinders will be features only. For all ticketing and scheduling information, visit ppms.com and check us out on Facebook by searching Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. For Rapid on Racing, I'm Tyler Harris. Area Auto Racing News is a great way to keep up to date on what is happening in motorsports. Some of their excellent writers include Ernie Saxton, Joanne Davies, Walt Weimer, and Dave Dragovich, just to name a few. Subscribe now to Area Auto Racing News at AARN.com. 50 issues at just $60 or digital only for $39 a year. For more information, call 609-888-3618 or go online to AARN.com. Stay informed with Area Auto Racing News. Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway returns for its 43rd racing season in 2022 with a jam-packed weekly racing schedule. It all kicks off on Saturday, April 23rd, featuring our five weekly racing divisions, the Rush Late Models, the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, the Hobby Stocks, the Open Four Cylinders, and the Young Guns. Throughout the season, PPMS will host several can't-miss special events, including the 34th annual Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series Pittsburgher 100, as well as three Rush Late Model Touring Series events, the Herb Scott Memorial, the Joke George Steel City Classic, and the two-night Bill Hendren Memorial. Other special events include the Falcone Automotive 410 Outlaw Sprint Series, the Boss Wingless Sprint Car Series, the Penn Ohio Pro Stock Series Ed Laboon Memorial, the Red Miley Rumble, the Thunder on the Dirt Vintage Modifieds, the Hobby Stock Invitational, and more. For our full schedule and all track information, check out ppms.com and be sure to stay up to date by following us on Facebook by searching Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway and on Twitter at PA Motor Speedway. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. We're in the pits after the Big Block Modified race, and joining us is tonight's winner, Dave Murdick, and congratulations. Uh, it was, a, I guess, a well-deserved win, but not one that you would really want. I mean, you were battling with Garrett, and you know, he caught the cushion. You guys were, you were down low, he was up high, caught it, and he ended up flipping. But prior to that, you had the car to beat all night. First night or second night out in the car, it's looked really good so far this year. Yeah, the car has been good. Uh, I know last time we raced here, we kind of made the wrong adjustments and just kind of learning that all and uh, kind of bit us. But uh, we didn't over adjust tonight. We're pretty good. And, uh, a couple of improvements we can still do. 
as always, when you start up front, it's a big advantage. Oh yeah, yeah. Next time, starting tenth will be a little tougher. You know, you know, with the new car. Again, I don't want to say it's like riding a bicycle. They all they're similar, but yet they have differences. And again, not to be able to tweak it is difficult because you really don't have a base point to go from. We don't. Uh, we got Troyer's knowledge, you know, of a Troyer dirt, uh, and they really helped us out this last couple of weeks. So uh, after our misfortunes last time, so uh, they're really good. Dig shocks. Uh, Talk to them a lot about setups. Without them too, I mean, they, they really helped us out a lot. Dave, you've been doing this many, many years. You're a Pittsburgh Circle Track Club Hall of Famer and win number 32 at Lernerville. It, as I tell every driver, as we get in our twilight years, and you know, and, you know, you've been doing this almost like your dad now, like four decades, and you just never know when that next one's going to come. So when you win it, and I could tell by the the reaction from the family in Victory Lane, I mean, the smiles on your face, and because you know. You know, how many more years is Davey Murray going to be in a car? Yeah, not that many more. Uh, we're not going to run till 78 or whatever my dad was when he ran, that's for sure. Uh, I won at Latrobe last year, and that's where I won my first feature, and I was sure hoping that wasn't going to be my last feature, so I'm glad that uh, I don't have to worry about that. I was reading over the winter, you said uh, in the near future the, the camper is going to be the weekend uh, follies from now on, but you know, at, at your age right now, you, you still got it, and you're in your late 50s. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, we got a brand new motor. If we could ever get a couple parts to finish it up, we'd uh, but this motor here has been kind of our reliable go to motor the last couple of years, so it's you know, we get the new motor, maybe that'll change things again, so we'll see. Well, again, congratulations on the win, win number one. Hopefully, there'll be a few more in 2022, Dave. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, you know, I think the cars, the Troyer cars have made strides in the last couple of years, so uh, I'm kind of anxious to see what we can do. Yeah, I know the crew, it's pretty much, you know, you and your dad, and uh, you get a little bit of help. Uh, but uh, anybody else you want to give a shout-out to? Uh, you know, i got to thank, uh, you know, uh, my uncle at the parts store and uh, K&N oil filters that come on, filters come on with us, uh, Precise Racing. You know, those guys have uh, really a lot of help. And I know women in our volume being part and part. Your girlfriend and your mom are still your biggest supporters. Oh, they are, for sure. Again, congratulations, Dave. Okay, thank you. We're in the pits after the race, and we're talking to tonight's winner of the Willie and Condor McConnell Memorial winner, Greg Satterley. Greg had a dominant heat performance, and it always seems when you have that good heat and you have the luck of the draw, unfortunately the luck wasn't too kind to you tonight. You drew an eight. Yeah, the the redraw was was not good tonight. Uh, drew the eight and sort of buried myself, you know, for the start of that feature. But uh, you know, I knew we had a good car. Uh, we were fortunate to get a couple cautions throughout the race to kind of get everyone bunched back up and get some of the lap traffic out of there. But um, luckily, it was 30 laps, so just enough time to get up through there and you know get to the front. The car was really good, and I was able to move around a little bit there in the beginning, and then on the I think the last restart, I started on the bottom and just felt really, really strong down there. And I, I knew I could maintain with those guys pretty easily. And I I wasn't at risk of, you know, screwing up running up on that cushion. So I just stayed down there and tried to make some laps and was able to kind of pick them off one at a time. And when I got, when I got behind Hess, I, I started moving around a little bit just to try to make some more speed than him. And right at that time, we caught a lap car and 
I was just able to make a maneuver to get 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 past him and then get get back in front of him. Um, and I guess it was pretty much the race was over about a lap later. So yeah, yeah. Once you got out front of that, I think it was probably about halfway through. I think you were me running about. I think it was fifth, and you did a two for one. You got uh, Colton and you got Jared coming down the back straight, and that kind of set you up. Then where you were a little bit comfortable in third, then you just and you were then you had a little bit of battle with you know Chubb for a while, and then like I said, you kind of went to the bottom. And I had a chance to talk to David, uh, you know, after the race, and you, know, you make those commitments to your lines, and he was pretty much committed to the highs side because it looked like there was some bite on the bottom i'm not really sure but it seemed like that was where your car was working real well greg yeah it, it was i that was primarily where i ran most of the race i said once once i once i got past him or i, I guess i must have just barely cleared him but i knew there was a lap car going into one and i knew there was no way i could follow him so i had to get out from behind him and i, I guess i probably didn't have him quite cleared but I, you know I, i'm sure i didn't mean to do that but I knew I had to get in front of them and out from behind that lap car, and at that point, that was just what I had to do. You know, I had, I knew there was the laps were running down. I had got all but past them, and I was, you know, moving to the top. So uh, once, you know, once I got back up into the top, I was able. To, I was just, I was being pretty conservative at that point, just because I, I wanted to get that lap car cleared, and I kind of was using him as a as a pick and just, just kind of a block car and made sure I wasn't was going to go over the top and. Just kind of ride up there for two laps. You know, always as, as the leader, you have that disadvantage of trying to pick where you're where you're going to go. And you know, you're in that second position. You can kind of maybe see if he goes high, you can go low. And like you said, you know, once you cleared him, then obviously you were the fastest car the last half of the race. But it would just took you a while to get up there. But again, win number what five so far for this year. Uh, all, we talked earlier, all diversified tracks, which is different, which is good for you. So the car is working well, and you know I've I've heard some, one of our reporters, Holly Bailey, has talked to you a couple weeks ago, and, and for all regional racers, it's tough right now. You know, fuel, I mean, your your family's in the fuel business, but it, it's just it's hard to travel to out to the Midwest for a ten thousand dollar show where you can maybe run back here uh, this week. We're you know thirty five hundred tonight. You have the Outlaws coming in next week. These are all shows that are in your backyard which makes it dollar sense to go race them yeah that's kind of how we've been forming our schedules just not get too far from home go to the races that you know are appealing to us or ones that we think we have a good chance of winning and they the, the the area seems to have a lot of that to offer so you know we don't get too far from home but you know there's a lot of good tracks around here you know within four or five hours of where we race out of and a lot of a lot of good paying races you know zuber's doing a good job putting on this little series of his and we're just going to try to keep bouncing around and you know try to keep our car going good and just try to keep winning races you think you might try to hit some of the xr races that are out there because they're paying some really good money uh we'll see we we haven't really traveled much the last couple of years um it's just like you said it's a pretty big expense uh, it's kind of hard for me to get away from work for you know just for a week at a time to go race here and there and um just kind of doing what works best for everyone right now and that's just sort of race on a more regional scale and uh, stay closer to home well it's obviously 
whatever your formula is working well again with you know the four wins this year well we, we congratulations on your win tonight that gives you a starting spot hopefully you can qualify through the, the normal procedures uh, at the firecracker but if not that that's there and it, it's that's a little feather in your cap yeah that's something to fall back on and you know, those should be a really good field of cars that weekend and well uh, I guess hopefully we don't have to use it maybe someone else will be fortunate to, to take it but uh, it's good to it's good to have it in your back pocket if you need it again congratulations Greg all right thank you this portion of tonight's program was brought to you by Zarin Truck and Automotive. Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway returns for its 43rd racing season in 2022 with a jam-packed weekly racing schedule. It all kicks off on Saturday, April 23rd, featuring our five weekly racing divisions, the Rush Late Models, the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, the Hobby Stocks, the Open Four Cylinders, and the Young Guns. Throughout the season, PPMS will host several can't-miss special events, including the 34th annual Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series Pittsburgher 100, as well as three Rush Late Model Touring Series events, the Herb Scott Memorial, the Joke George Steel City Classic and the two-night Bill Hendren Memorial. Other special events include the Falcone Automotive 410 Outlaw Sprint Series, the Boss Wingless Sprint Car Series, the Penn Ohio Pro Stock Series Ed Laboo Memorial, the Red Miley Rumble, the Thunder on the Dirt Vintage Modifieds, the Hobby Stock Invitational, and more. For our full schedule and all track information, check out ppms.com and be sure to stay up to date by following us on Facebook by searching Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway and on Twitter at PA Motor Speedway. Curtis Power Solutions is part of the Indel Power Group LLC, a company whose portfolio encompasses all aspects of on-highway, marine, industrial, oil and gas, and power generation markets across six companies. Indel Power Group's brands are positioned to deliver an exceptional customer service by offering industry-leading products from well-trusted OEMs, guaranteeing cost-effective and comprehensive solutions. Unlike many engine and heavy equipment distributors or contractors, Curtis Power Solutions is focused exclusively with the on-site power generation market, offering a full range of power generation equipment from the industry-leading brands, for more than 10 years, they've been an authorized distributor on the East Coast of the United States. For additional information, contact Curtis Power Solutions at 757-673-7000. Okay, this is Steve Baker from Rocket Chassis, and you're listening to Rapping on Race. Many years ago, I think it was 1986, I was invited down to Rocket Chassis when they first opened up. And joining me now is Mark Richards, Mark, uh, I vaguely remember, because that was a long time ago, just how basic and how small Rocket Chassis was. Well, we were very small, and uh, it was just Steve and myself at the beginning, and, you know, uh, we had no employees at that time. We didn't get our first employee until 1988, I think, and Steve and I you know, started off with very little money and just, I guess, a dream of being able to build race cars and make this our living. Well, you have been more than successful. Now, I understand that you two have produced more than 5,000 chassis. 
actually we're approaching 6,000. We're in the 5,900 range, uh, and we should hit 6,000 this year. That's amazing. And I'm sure you wouldn't have this. Maybe you do have the statistics. How many feature wins and championships uh, were in a rocket car? We lost count of that a long time ago, Don. <laughs> I, we just don't have the people to keep up with all those statistics and, and all that. And cars get sold and traded and handed down. And, you know, we'll hear somebody's racing a car and won with it and we never even sold that car you know as you know to that guy somebody else you know around about way he ended up with it so yeah, yeah. it's impossible for us to keep up with those numbers when your dad said to you you don't need to be involved in racing because you can't make a living in racing uh, that, i'm glad you didn't take his advice well i i look back some days and i think <laughs> Maybe I should have, but uh, no, it's it's been good. It it was it was rough for a lot of years. I mean, uh, it was very lean for many years for Steve and I, and and a lot of people don't understand that you know uh, Steve and I worked our butts off, and if it wouldn't have been for our wives having good jobs at the time, and we took the racetrack over about you know, in 1990, and the first couple of years at the racetrack, we was able to actually live off of what the racetrack was doing, and we didn't even take a race, we didn't even take a paycheck for like three years at Rocket Chassis, so, you know, uh, it's not what everybody thinks it is, I mean, uh, there was a lot of hard work put in, and, and you know, uh, no, no, reward at the time and you know it's gotten better over the years and we've been able to hire enough people and and steve and i are both getting older um you know how long we both can go nobody knows but i mean i'm not ready to quit he's not ready to quit i thought back five or six years ago he was about ready but steve keeps pushing on and wants to do it and and uh you know he's got a good crew of guys down there that works for him and uh, you know i i feel like i'm obligated to keep going and and keep you know the guys down below keep steve kind of fed with customers as far as you know our performance out on the road and being able to talk to customers all across the country um that's what i feel like has made it made mark richards racing rocket chassis successful is Steve being able to run the business part of it and me being able to run a team and um, deal, uh, be able to talk to customers all across the United States through a schedule that, you know, uh, not many chassis builders get to do that is have somebody back at the shop that's in charge and, you know, running the place like, you know, the best it can be run and, and be out on the road at the same time. So, it's been a great partnership with Steve, and uh, I couldn't ask for a better partner. We've been in business since 1986, and we've never had an argument. And, you know, um, when you have an understanding and you believe in the person, the other person, Steve believes in me and I believe in him, it makes a great partnership. 
I can recall a conversation I had with you five or six years ago. There was some kind of a promotion. We were at a restaurant, and you were going to do something with Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, and you said, you know, I'm not getting any younger. I'm thinking I might want to hang this up. But then, as you explained, that all changed, and, and, and it's a benefit for the racers. And I like the part that when you were at the track or occasionally when Steve's there, if a, one of your customers comes up and says, Mark, uh, I got a problem, you're right there to help them. And that's got to be a bonus for the customers. Well, the biggest thing is that it's give us a notebook across the country for, you know, a long time. I'm going to say at least 30 years of traveling to these races uh, since 91, 92. Even before that, I was on the road, you know, clear back into the 70s you know, with Rodney Combs, but not with Rocket Chassis. But, you know, we've been, uh, you know, 30-plus years out here doing this. And, we, you know, when a customer tells me I race at uh, Kilgore, Texas, or I race at Grand Forks, North Dakota, or I race at Gillette, Wyoming, or I race at Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, you know, I've got an idea what he races on, and a lot of chassis builders, uh, a lot of people in this business don't ha- haven't had that luxury to be all them different places. You know, it's just um, where our customer base is. I can go pull a notebook out uh, between a notebook and on the computer, and I can look and see. You know, and my memory is still pretty good about different tracks and. And, you know, what the shape is and, and uh, you know, how the track actually races and all that. And, uh, you know, it enables us to be able to come up with something that will get them close. Now, that's a, a lot of people think that you're going to give them magic, and there's no such thing as magic. It's, uh, you know, we can get you close, and then you have to tune it and adapt for what, you, you know, your driver, whether you're, whether you're the driver or somebody else is the driver for what the driver, you know, needs in his car. Because I can tell you, one thing I've learned over the years, not all drivers are the same. And, you know, what it takes for uh, Chris Madden isn't the same thing it takes for Brandon Shepard, uh, you know, or the next guy down the, down the road. You know, it may not be what Brandon Shepard needs for him to drive. Uh, and that's made it a little bit challenging, but we can get you close and get you in the ballpark. And, and that's from there, you know, it's up to that race team and, and that driver to take that information and hopefully, you know, be able to, uh, move on with it. There's a lot of variations that people don't even think about. I mean, uh, not all drivers drive the same, not all drivers are built the same. You know, some drivers weigh 130 pounds, some drivers weigh, 350 pounds so there's a lot of factors that you know i can't completely you know uh get everybody perfect but we get you as close as i think we can get you so fans we're talking to mark richards from rocket chassis and we're going to need to take a commercial break stand by and we'll return after these messages 
located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September. Come see daring drivers compete in late models, modifieds, pro stocks, street stocks, chargers, and the fast and furious fours. Special events include the Motor Mountain Masters, NASCAR Whaled Modifieds, ISMA sanctioned Super Modifieds, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, and Enduro races. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex takes great pride in providing fun, affordable family entertainment. The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and JWC, JWCA are unaffiliated entities. This is Jonathan Davenport, and you're listening to Rapping on Racing. Fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Mark Richards from Rocket Chassis. Mark, your history and your accomplishments are unbelievable. You know, some of your drivers early on, Davey Johnson, Mike Belzano, Rick Eckert, and Timmy Hitt. And this past year, for the Racers for Tots, you and Steve built a tribute car to Timmy Hitt. Uh, what a beautiful job, and it raised a lot of money for the uh, Racers for Tots. Uh, some of your thoughts on it, and I guess you and Steve have been doing that for, I don't know, nine, ten years. I don't remember. I think we're more years than that. I don't know for sure, but I think we're more like 14 or 15 years into this thing with, with uh, Jimmy and the Toys for Tots project. And you got to be proud of that because the benefit of that is all these kids that Jimmy and his crew have helped. I mean, it was a couple of years ago when I, I did an interview with Jimmy. He said that uh, they estimate that they have raised over $2 million for these kids. And it's just, it's incredible. And if one year, see, the Marines used to come and pick up the toys. And one year they didn't do it. And Jimmy says, what are we going to do? They had like two tractor trailer loads of toys. So they went down to Children's Hospital and explained that to one of the doctors. And the doctor says, we'll do it. We'll give them to the kids. And Jimmy said, 
here you go. And I didn't give him two tractor trailer fulls, but he said, give the kid a new toy every day. And if you run out, we'll bring you some more. And the feeling, just as a bystander of seeing this, I just get goosebumps because it's so special. Well, yeah, Jimmy's done a great job with that thing. And, you know, it's admirable what he's doing because, uh, I mean, I don't think he makes anything from it. He does it because he wants to help the kids. And, right. you know, it's why we've supported the project for all these years. And, you know, it's, it's um, you know, somebody ends up with a nice car and, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's really... Jimmy doesn't get enough appreciation for what he does. Exactly. Well, most every year when they give the car away, I'm down there for the World Finals, and fella came in there for a conference at Lincoln Welding, and he was by himself, and he bought one ticket, and he said, and he won. He said, "Well, how am I going to get the car?" I said, "Well." You see that man over there? I pointed to Jimmy, and Steve was there. I said, this car is housed in a shop in Shinston, West Virginia. What I would do is I'd get a truck and trailer, find out how to get there, and get down and pick it up. And That sounds like a good plan. So, But he, he bought one ticket, and he, he won. He's the guy that won the car? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, cool. Yeah, and then another funny one. Um, I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, he's a sprint car driver, and uh, he won the car. And he's talking to his wife on the, on the other end of the line. He said, uh, you're not going to believe this. I don't know. And Oh, it was Andy Priest. So I'm only hearing his side of the conversation. Well, when they pulled his ticket, they said the car was won by Andy Free, F-R-E-E. And I said, yeah, like Andy Freeze. Yeah. So uh, they had his phone number and they called him and they said, how can we vouch for the fact that it's Andy Priest? I says, well, I raced with Andy in the the stock cars and that's him walking down now. And he was just all taken back by it. But it's really amazing how many people you and Steve have touched through Rocket Chassis. And I'm really proud to be able to say a friend of you. I want to talk about Scott Perkey. I understand he's been there for a while. He's your uh, head fabricator. When did he come on board? He was the first real employee that we hired back in 1988. So he's been here for quite a while, 34 years plus. And he is basically... He has pretty much touched or welded on every car that's been built since 1991. Um, Scott and I worked on the jig together back in those days, and and actually when we built the XR1 car, I was pretty much away from the jig at that time, and and when we did that project, we did it together. It was kind of cool to go back and work with Scott and and, uh, actually build the first XR1 car, which a little statistic for those cars, we've over, we're over 1,500 of those have been built since 2016 was the first year for them. So, you know, it, it was a successful project and we're in the middle of a new project now um, that will be a new car somewhere down the road. I don't know where we're, 
we're in the uh, early stages of development, and I've never built a car completely the way we're doing this one. And I've got four engineers involved, and uh, it's a pretty big project. And hopefully, it's something for the future that will be, you know, better than you know what we got, and and for sure, hopefully, better than it's what the competition is at that you know right now. So um, that's what we're on to right now. Well, your inventory of parts and components now. I know uh, early on you had a parts truck that went to the tracks. Does that still uh, is that still part of the plan? No. No. Oh no 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 no! It's that went away a long time ago. The parts truck did. It was basically because we serviced you know interstate and we serviced Elkins at the time. We had a little truck that ran to the races and all that. But um, our main parts inventory and all of that is basically to supply the amount of cars we have out there when you have when you've built nearly six thousand cars and there's no way to really tell how many of them are still in service other than on monday mornings the amount of calls we get for parts um our parts department is very busy and uh you know uh, if we have to have a lot of inventory in order to be able to fulfill all them orders. And there's one thing that, you know, Steve and I both have stressed for from the beginning is, you know, if you're going to build all these cars, you've got to supply the cars. Right. So our parts inventory is pretty staggering as far as uh, the amount of actual hardcore parts that we have we don't have knickknacks we don't have fire suits and we don't have helmets and we don't have stuff like that we have spindles bird cages bumpers and this actual hard parts we're not running a speed shop we're running you know a chassis shop with a supply of parts that um fits our cars so when a customer when a customer crashes he doesn't have to wait three weeks or four weeks or six weeks, some of the horror stories that we've heard, you know, um, around the industry that, you know, if you order parts today, you're going to get them. And, you know, we usually, we stock a lot as much as enough for a hundred cars at a time. So, um, you know, when we order, we order in massive amounts, um, you know, uh, just about everything we get comes in big numbers because it goes pretty fast. I remember Steve telling me in one of my discussions with him that when you were shipping stuff, and I think it was to Australia, that you had the chassis, you were sending out so many, that they were standing up on edge so you could fit them all into the container. Is, am I on the right page? Well, at one time Australia was really hot, and what I mean by that is there was a lot of business there. And they came directly and dealt with us. Over the years, they have bought used cars to save some money because of the duty. The incoming duty is so high on new stuff that the used stuff, they can take there and save quite a bit. Um, it used to be whatever it cost here, you multiplied it by two and a half, and that's the total they would have in it by the time it went from shipping through the duty tax 
and what they had to pay here on the states, and then then the exchange on the money. The exchange on the money is about a dollar thirty-five. So it takes today, and, and over the years, it's been all over the place, different numbers. But today, it's up to like a dollar thirty-five or something. I think someone told me not long ago, which means you need a dollar thirty-five of money to have a dollar of American. So you know, between that. And now a container right now is about twenty grand to get it shipped. It was around ten, uh, with all this fuel prices raising and uh, just everything that's went on in the past couple of years in the in the you know the the world. It's made it to where the shipping prices have doubled. I got a guy told me this week or last week it was, and he said that container went from ten thousand to twenty thousand to get it shipped. So the cost to get that stuff over there now is much larger, and we're not. There's not as many containers going as what there used to be. There used to be a lot of containers went to Australia. Fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Mark Richards from Rocket Chassis. We're going to need to take another commercial break. We'll be back momentarily. Curtis Power Solutions is part of the Indel Power Group LLC, a company whose portfolio encompasses all aspects of on-highway, marine, industrial, oil and gas, and power generation markets across six companies. Indel Power Group's brands are positioned to deliver an exceptional customer service by offering industry-leading products from well-trusted OEMs, guaranteeing cost-effective and comprehensive solutions. Unlike many engine and heavy equipment distributors or contractors, Curtis Power Solutions is focused exclusively with the on-site power generation market. Offering a full range of power generation equipment from the industry-leading brands. For more than 10 years, they've been an authorized distributor on the East Coast of the United States. For additional information, contact Curtis Power Solutions at 757-673-7000. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C. J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. Stop 
up or eat too much to believe You know he always got an extra pack of cigarettes Rolled up in his t-shirt sleeve He got a tattoo on his arm, I said, baby He got another one that just say, hey Whatever Sunday afternoon, he is a dirt track demon in a 57 Chevrolet Fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Mark Richards from Rocket Chassis. Mark, your history and your accomplishments are unbelievable. You know, some of your drivers early on, Davey Johnson, Mike Belzano, Rick Eckert, and Timmy Hitt. And this past year, for the Racers for Tots, you and Steve built a tribute car to Timmy Hitt. Uh, what a beautiful job, and it raised a lot of money for the uh, Racers for Tots. Uh, some of your thoughts on it, and I guess you and Steve have been doing that for, I don't know, nine, ten years. I don't remember. I think we're more years than that. I don't know for sure, but I think we're more like we're 10 or 15 years into this thing with, with uh, Jimmy and the Toys for Tots project. you got to be proud of that because the benefit of that is all these kids that Jimmy and his crew have helped. I mean, it was a couple of years ago when I, I did an interview with Jimmy. He said that uh, they estimate that they have raised over $2 million for these kids. And it's just, it's incredible. And one year, see, the Marines used to come and pick up the toys, and one year they didn't do it. And Jimmy says, what are we going to do? They had like two tractor trailer loads of toys. So they went down to Children's Hospital and explained that to one of the doctors. And the doctor says, we'll do it. We'll give them to the kids. And Jimmy said, here you go. And I didn't give him two tractor trailer fulls, but he said, give the kid a new toy every day. And if you run out, we'll bring you some more. And the feeling, just as a bystander of seeing this, I just get goosebumps because it's so special. Well, yeah, Jimmy's done a great job with that thing and admirable what he's doing because, uh, I mean, I don't think he makes anything from it. He does it because he wants to help the kids. and right why we've supported the project for all these years and it's um somebody ends up with a nice car and so it's 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 really jimmy doesn't get enough appreciation for what he does exactly well most every year when they give the car away i'm down there for the world finals and fella came in there for a conference at lincoln welding and he was by himself and he bought one ticket and he said and he won he said well how am i going to get the car i said well you see that man over there? I pointed to Jimmy, and Steve was there. I said, this car is housed in a shop in Shinston, West Virginia. What I would do is I'd get a truck and trailer, find out how to get there, and get down and pick it up. And That sounds like a good plan. So, But he, he bought one ticket, and he, he He's won. He's the guy that won the car? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Yeah. And then another funny one. Um, I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, he's a sprint car driver. And uh, he won the car, and he's talking to his wife on the, on the other end of the line. He said, uh, you're not going to believe this. I don't know. And Oh, it was Andy Priest. So I'm only hearing his side of the conversation. Well, when they pulled his ticket, they said the car was won by Andy Free, F-R-E-E. -E. And I said. Yeah, like Andy Freeze. Yeah. So uh, they had his phone number, and they called him, and they said, how can we vouch for the fact that it's Andy Priest? I says, well, I raced with Andy in his, in his stock cars, and that's him walking down now. And he was just 
all taken back by it. But it's really amazing how many people you and Steve have touched through Rocket Chassis. And I'm really proud to be able to say a friend of you. I want to talk about Scott Perkey. I understand he's been there for a while. He's your uh, head fabricator. When did he come on board? He was the first real employee that we hired back in 1988. So he's been here for quite a while, 34 years plus. And he is basically, he has pretty much touched or welded on every car that's been built since 1991. Scott and I worked on the jig together back in those days. And and actually, when we built the XR1 car, I was pretty much away from the jig at that time. And and when we did that project, we did it together. It was kind of cool to go back and work with Scott and and, uh, actually build the first XR1 car, which a little statistic for those cars we've over we're over 1500 of those have been built 2016 was the first year for them so it it was a successful project and we're in the middle of a new project now that will be a new car somewhere down the road i don't know where we're we're in the early stages of development and i've never built a car completely the way we're doing this one and I've got four engineers involved. It's a pretty big project. Hopefully, it's something for the future that will be better than what we got, and for sure, hopefully, better than it's what the competition is at that right now. So that's what we're on to right now. Well, your inventory of parts and components. Now, I know uh, early on you had a parts truck that went to the tracks. Does that still uh, is that still part of the plan? No. Oh, no, 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 no. That went away a long time ago, the parts truck did. It was basically because we serviced the interstate and we serviced Elkins at the time. We had a little truck that ran the races and all that. But our main parts inventory and all of that is basically to supply the amount of cars we have out there. When you have, when you've built nearly 6,000 cars and there's no way to really tell how many of them are still in service other than on Monday mornings, the amount of calls we get for parts, our parts department is very busy. And if we have to have a lot of inventory in order to be able to fulfill all them orders. And there's one thing that Steve and I both have stressed for from the beginning is, you know, if you're going to build all these cars, you've got to supply the cars. Right. So our parts inventory is pretty staggering as far as uh, the amount of actual hardcore parts that we have we don't have knickknacks we don't have fire suits and we don't have helmets and we don't have stuff like that we have spindles bird cages bumpers and the actual hard parts we're not running a speed shop we're running you know a chassis shop with a supply of parts that fits our cars so when a customer when a customer crashes he doesn't have to wait three weeks or four weeks or six weeks some of the horror stories that we've heard around the industry that if you order parts today you're going to get them we usually we stock a lot so when we order we order in 
massive amount. Uh, just about everything we get comes in big numbers because it goes pretty fast. I remember Steve telling me in one of my discussions with him that when you were shipping stuff, and I think it was to Australia, that you had the chassis, you were sending out so many that they were standing up on edge so you could fit them all into the container. Am I on the right page? Well, at one time, Australia was really hot. What I mean by that is there was a lot of business there. They came directly, dealt with us over the years. They have bought used cars to save some money because of the duty. The incoming duty is so high on new stuff that the used stuff, they can take their and save quite a bit. It used to be whatever it cost here, you multiplied it by two and a half, and that's the total they would have in it by the time it went from shipping through the duty tax and what they had to pay here on the state and then, then the exchange on the money. The exchange on the money is about $1.35, so it takes today, and, and over the years it's been all over the place, different numbers, but today it's up to like $1.35 or something, I think someone told me not long ago, which means you need a $1.35 of money to have a dollar of American. So, you know, between that and now a container right now is about twenty grand to get it shipped. It was around ten uh, with all this fuel prices raising and uh, just everything that's went on in the past couple of years in the in the, the the world. It's made it to where the shipping prices have doubled. I got a guy told me this week or last week it was, and he said that container went from ten thousand to twenty thousand to get it shipped. So the cost to get that stuff over there now is much larger, and we're not. There's not as many containers going as what there used to be. There right. used to be a lot of containers went right. to Australia. Fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Mark Richards from Rocket Chassis. We're going to need to take another commercial break. We'll be back momentarily. Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving, and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway returns for its 43rd racing season in 2022 with a jam-packed weekly racing schedule. It all kicks off on Saturday, April 23rd, featuring our five weekly racing divisions, the Rush Late Models, the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, the Hobby Stocks, the Open Four Cylinders, and the Young Guns. Throughout the season, PPMS will host several can't-miss special events, including the 34th annual Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series Pittsburgher 100, as well as three Rush Late Model Touring Series events, the Herb Scott Memorial, the Joke George, 
Newport Steel City Classic and the two-night Bill Hendren Memorial. Other special events include the Falcone Automotive 410 Outlaw Sprint Series, the Boss Wingless Sprint Car Series, the Penn Ohio Pro Stock Series Ed LeBoo Memorial, the Red Miley Rumble, the Thunder on the Dirt Vintage Modifieds, the Hobby Stock Invitational, and more. For our full schedule and all track information, check out ppms.com and be sure to stay up to date by following us on Facebook by searching Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway and on Twitter at PA Motor Speedway. Curtis Power Solutions is part of the Indel Power Group LLC, a company whose portfolio encompasses all aspects of on-highway marine, industrial, oil and gas, and power generation markets across six companies. Indel Power Group's brands are positioned to deliver an exceptional customer service by offering industry-leading products from well-trusted OEMs, guaranteeing cost-effective and comprehensive solutions. Unlike many engine and heavy equipment distributors or contractors, Curtis Power Solutions is focused exclusively with the on-site power generation market, offering a full range of power generation equipment from the industry-leading brands. For more than 10 years, they've been an authorized distributor on the East Coast of the United States. For additional information, contact Curtis Power Solutions at 757 Listeners, we're back and we're continuing our discussion with Mark Richards from Rocket Chassis. Mark, I want to sh- uh, shift gears here now. Uh, obviously, anybody that's got a computer, a telephone, or a TV knows that you're going to switch over to the Lucas Oil Series. Now, your driver, Brandon, is good enough that he's leading in the points in both series. But uh, what are your thoughts on this and how did this come about? Well, we really wasn't leading the world of outlaw points, and, and, and a lot of people think that was part of our decision. You know, we were actually second in the points, and then we kind of knew when uh, we left Florida that there was a pretty good chance that we were probably going to switch series. And um, we figured we would just race with both series and see where we are and... Uh, we had some input from some sponsors, and then uh, we had some. Uh, the crew kind of wanted to do the the Lucas thing. The sponsors wanted us to do the Lucas thing. I had multiple sponsors that was looking at the Lucas deal, um, and from their point of it, I mean, I can't do this without the sponsors, right? And you know, the one thing that the Lucas thing does is it's got some live TV and, you know, it's got some tape-delayed TV and not pay-per-view, which reaches way more people than the pay-per-view does. Um, so for a sponsor uh, such as ours, as Valvoline, the audience that Valvoline covers isn't just for racers 
it's for the everyday consumer that's buying motor oil for his vehicle. So for us to be able to be on MAP TV, um, that was part of it. Um, and I had some other sponsors that had been on me to do the Lucas deal. And, you know, we've been loyal to the World of Outlaw deal since the inception of it back in 2004. So I've got a lot of years running with the, with the World of Outlaws. You know, uh, we're working, it was 18 years ago and all this started. And it was hard for me to want to change because I like the World of Outlaws. I liked it from the beginning. And, um, you know, it become apparent to me that maybe we needed to take into consideration uh, of looking at the Lucas deal. And uh, between scheduling and, uh, you know, uh, some other things with the sponsors and with the team, we had a talk as, as a crew and, you know, these guys are like family to me that races with me. So it wasn't just my decision. I, we kind of voted on it and Brandon feels like, you know, he wants to go and try to win a Lucas championship. And, you know, um, I don't know. We just thought this was the year that we needed to do it. And, that's what we're doing. I think the key to the whole thing is that you, you got to make the sponsors happy. And if they're happy, they're going to, they're going to stick around. And, uh, but this is, this is good news for all our listeners because a lot of people were probably thinking and usually wrong when they do that as to why you made the change. And sounds like it. Well, it was nothing. There's one thing that I want to clear, you know, there's people out there that said they did it because they disqualified us. At, at Atomic uh, next to the last night that we ran. That had no bearing on it because the decision was actually made and the press release was written two weeks prior to that night. And, you know, Ben Shelton from, uh, well, he does a lot of stuff for Dirt on Dirt and for Flow. Ben does all of our press releases and Ben already had the press release written before that disqualification ever happened. And, uh, you know, everybody's like, was you mad about the disqualification? And I wasn't mad because we weren't, we were wrong. And, you know, the, the, the way they go about measuring was changed this year. And they added one little factor that made a difference and last week, or this past weekend, Jonathan Davenport got busted as well. I guarantee you his deck, what he got busted on, was nothing to do with the deck height of that car, of them doing anything to it. It was just a post-race inspection, the way they're doing it now. And it ain't going to be the last person that gets busted, because Mark Whitener was busted at Ocala back in February two times in one night. And I, I kind of knew then what the problem was. And you can get around it, but once you make some adjustments to your car for a slick track, um, the way they're teching now compared to before, 
your car could be in a position where it would make itself illegal. And, uh, you know, it used to be you only had to have the left rear off the ground to measure the deck. Now both rear tires have to be off the ground. And I'm going to throw this out there in case there's a guy listening. Maybe it'll save you from getting disqualified. You know, if the right front, uh, the car is low, whether you, you adjusted it to be low, which is what we did, um, or you have a low tire on the right front, I can promise you you're going to get disqualified. That is so good. the way they're doing it is the way they come up with, not saying it's right, not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying we were wrong that night, and when the guys come to get me, or they came to get me about telling me they went through, they were in tech, and the back of our deck was high, I walked over, and I seen we were an inch high, and I walked around and looked at the right front, and I motioned Brandon to drive to the trailer because there's no argument. We were high, so you move on. But that wasn't a deciding factor in our move, and there's people out there that says, you know, when they get disqualified one time and they're mad. We were not mad. I mean, I talked to the director the next day, and I said, look, you guys did your job. You had no choice. Uh, but I can tell you it won't be the last time somebody gets thrown out. And it's just a matter of the next race, Jonathan Davenport gets disqualified. Mark Richards, this interview is so important and covered so much material. I could probably do the entire two-hour show, but we have to squeeze in some of the other people. But I really thank you. And uh, as things shake out here and you get settled in with Lucas Oil, I hope I can have you back on and talk about some of these things we discussed. No problem, Don, anytime. Well, I thank you very much. You have a nice evening. Thank you. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and JWC-JWCA are unaffiliated entities. Since 1974, Environmental Air Incorporated has provided quality sheet metal and HVAC services in the greater Pittsburgh area. They're a commercial sheet metal contractor. Founded in 1974 by Glade Neal, Environmental Air is a family-owned union sheet metal company. 
Currently managed by Paul and Craig Neal, the people of Environmental Air are both a team and a family. They believe customer service is important. They value their employees and know that together they can have a meaningful impact on each project or service they provide. Residential service is not available due to the magnitude of their commercial work. 47 years of excellent customer service is the foundation of this successful company. Environmental Air is located at 1100 McCartney Street, Pittsburgh, PA, 15220. For additional information, call 412-922-8988. And now more Rappin' on Racing with your hosts, Don Gamble and Jim Zufall. More news and results with Don and Dave coming up in a few minutes on Rapid on Racing, but right now, as promised, now we're going to talk a little drag racing. Normally, we leave that for Tom Lang uh, on Rapid on Racing, but today we're going to talk about something a little bit different. We're joined by Michael Schindel. He's the founder and prime operator of the Flashlight Drags, and what in the world, Michael Schindel, are the Flashlight Drags? Well, Jim, the flashlight drag started out simply as a bad idea that we just continued with. Uh, drag racing on an airport was everybody's fantasy. Nighttime, going home at night, you drive past a Zilli airport and you see that runway all lit up and you think, oh, man, wouldn't that be a blast? So we went to the airport and we asked them about it and they agreed. And the next thing you know, we were drag racing in Zillianople. We did it once a month for the first seven years, I think, we were there. And you ran Zillianople for quite a while. You branched out to a number of other small airports as well, didn't you? We did. Yeah, the uh, you know it was um, one of those good luck stories where we really experimented with Zillianople. They took a chance and said, "Go ahead, try this." Um, we did it for several years, and then uh, Clarion Airport found out about it. They asked us to come up there. Then Evansburg, which is up near Johnstown, called us up and said, come up and look at our airport. We did that. And then finally, Greene County was the last to call us. So, oh, my goodness, it was probably back in 07, 06, and 07. We were doing 15 races a summer and uh, racing Zillion on Saturday night and turn around and drive to Indiana on Sunday morning and do it over again. So it was a great time. We all had a ball. Your your description or your motto, street racing without the jail time. Uh, yes. Obviously, the jail time is an issue, but safety factors into it, too. I think, I think Michael, we all know somebody who knows somebody who, uh, sure. you know, we, we can all fantasize about uh, about American graffiti, you know, and, and that. But uh, all too often, that ends in a bad way. You've, you've, you've found a way here. You've tapped into a way here for these guys to get this out of their system in a much safer environment. Yeah, we hope so. That was, that was, I don't want to say, oh, that was our goal, but we knew that would be one of the things that we thought would help us kind of gain acceptance in these communities was, um, that simple, simple fact. And when we were being, trying to be chased out of Zillianople when we first went out there, I don't know if you remember any of those stories, is people were complaining about the noise and the, the crowds and the danger and everything. And, Kids were racing through Zillianope when the police came out and said, the Jackson Township police said, look, we don't chase kids like we used to because they're not street racing anymore. They're saving themselves for the flashlight drags. And uh, that was kind of then we looked at it and said, you know what, this is a good thing because it not only gets the young guys off the street, it gives the old guys like me a chance to say, yeah, I remember when I was pretty cool and I used to drag race. And it's now we make it easy 
easy, reachable. It's easily easily reached. So all you got to do is drive. Remember, run what you brung. That's what we do. Whatever you drove into the gate is what you can race. Early on, I remember, and this may still be the case, you really uh, do not like trailer queens. You'd rather have a guy bring his daily driver or his hot rod he brings out on the weekends or whatever. This is not professional drag racing by any means, is it? Well, yes and no. <laughs> our, our core are still the street-driven guys, you know, because we don't ever want to turn those guys away. But what we used to go, we used to go to great lengths to prove that you you didn't trailer your car. But we know everybody was parking their trailer a half mile down the road at the uh, Piggly Wiggly or whatever the grocery store was and uh, driving their car in. So now we have people who are traveling pretty good distances, and it's it's not right to ask them to you know drive their car you know 100 miles to get, you know people are coming down from franklin oil city erie out akron you know said go ahead trailer it but we'll keep them we'll keep them keep them safe that was our main thing so but on the other hand you still are, are quite open to a guy who maybe just picked up his brand new mustang or challenger oh, or uh, or a car or maybe even a car he's customized you know a 57 Chevy or whatever, too, right? Oh, sure, sure, sure. If you go go onto the flashlightdrags.com website and look at the photo gallery, you're going to see everything that you can imagine. 62 Corvette gassers, uh, you know, um, some kid in his Honda Civic, uh, another guy in his 41 Willys. Uh, it's just, it's amazing the cars that come out and keep coming back year after year after year. Now the guys are getting a little bit older. We've been doing this for 20 years, so we still have people who are there at the first first race. I went to the PID reunion a couple of weeks ago, and uh, there was a guy there who said, Hey, I remember going to the first flashlight drag. You guys ran it up at Quaker City. Do you remember that? And I said, Of course I remember. It was my very first effort of, of producing a drag race. He goes, And we raced until 5 a.m., I said, yes, we did. <laughs> and I'm still ashamed of myself for being the, the knucklehead. <laughs> you mentioned your roots. Now, we're gonna, after the break here, we're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming season and what is in store for okay. Flying Light Drags. But before we go there, I was on site the day a national magazine showed up to do a feature story on uh, your partner uh, with Tom Neprakowski. Is that his name? Yeah, um, Turk, yeah. Turk had a, had a really cool old 60-something Tempest. They did a piece on that, and then they went and did a piece on the flashlight drags. And I think if I, my memory serves, you said that was the best day and the worst day the flashlight drags ever had. It sort of was the beginning of the end for the flashlight drags at Zeely. It was the beginning of a new era. Let's call it that. <laughs> What happened exactly? Somebody got involved. The uh, government's got well, involved and shut you down. Well, what well, couple couple things happened, Jim. It was the perfect storm. We had a perfect October day. This was in '08, I believe it was. Um, Hot Rod Magazine had come out and they were watching Turks Tempest run, and they had never heard of the flashlight drags. And why would they? They're up in Detroit, and we're here in Pittsburgh. So they came out and they said at the September race, which they came to look at Turks car. They said, geez, do you, is it like this every time you do it? And they said, well, if the weather's good, yes. And we were turning away car number 276. We had 275 cars, and that was it uh, for the day. But we had kids singing a national anthem and parades, and just it was great. And the weather was perfect. It was October. It was beautiful. 
the guy said, I'd like to do a story. Do you mind? And I said, do I mind? This is your Hot Rod magazine. Of course I wouldn't mind. This is terrific. It was a, a, a boneheaded idea that we had that now somebody got it's got a little bit of traction and we're, hey, we're going to be in Hot Rod magazine. How cool is that? So he said, it's going to either be the best thing for you or the worst. And I puzzled and said, what, why, what could be worse? He said, I have no idea. You'll find out. And I did find out. What happened was after the article hit, I had a couple of months uh, notice that it was going to hit the magazine. And I saw an advanced copy, and it was great. Oh, my goodness, five pages in Hot Rod Magazine. I couldn't believe it. I still can't believe it. But what happened was if you lived in South Dakota, North Dakota, Wyoming, Colorado, where you were far away from any drag strip, but you lived near an airport, I remember the flashlight drags were always at airports, um, you went to your local airport, showed them the magazine. They, of course, agreed. They rolled it up to the FAA. The FAA Chicago office said, ah, no way. We have way too many requests to close this air, close airports in general. And airports are for airplanes, not for drag racing. Uh, goodbye airports. So he told, so they sent PennDOT a letter. It was the only state we were dealing with. It said, if you continue to drag race, you will lose your federal funding. And that was, oh, my gosh, you know, these airports, they couldn't get me out of the room fast enough. See you later, Shindle. Out the door. Go. Bye. Well, we're going to talk about what the... We're going to talk about what the future holds at the Waynesburg Airport in just a few moments. We're talking okay. with Michael Schindel, the operator of the Flashlight Drags. We'll be back with more right after these messages. Curtis Power Solutions is part of the Indel Power Group LLC, a company whose portfolio encompasses all aspects of on-highway marine, industrial, oil and gas, and power generation markets across six companies. Indel Power Group's brands are positioned to deliver an exceptional customer service by offering industry-leading products from well-trusted OEMs, guaranteeing cost-effective and comprehensive solutions. Unlike many engine and heavy equipment distributors or contractors, Curtis Power Solutions is focused exclusively with the on-site power generation market, offering a full range of power generation equipment from the industry-leading brands. For more than 10 years, they've been an authorized distributor on the East Coast of the United States. For additional information, contact Curtis Power Solutions at 757-673-7000. And now more Rappin' on Racing with your host Don Gamble and Jim Zufall. Back with more Michael Schindel from the Flashlight Drags here on Rapid on Racing. We just talked about sort of what became the end of uh, multiple airports when some government officials uh, got involved, which is usually how things turn sour. But you're still at the Greene County Airport down in Waynesburg. What makes them special? And you're still there five, six times a year. What, what makes them stand out that they chose to keep you? You know, what makes them stand out is it's Greene County. And I never really understood what that meant when people say, hey, you're in Greene County now. You're in Greene County. Well, here's what happened. The name, who shall remain nameless at this point, came down to the, you know, to the commissioner's meeting, told the commissioners if they continued to drag race there, they would lose their federal funding. And they said, do you understand? And Commissioner Pam Snyder, 
who is now a state rep, absolutely said, we do understand. And if you have any other further business here in Greene County, would like to hear it. And he says, nope, I just want you to understand that if you continue to race, you'll lose your federal funding. She said, well, Mr. Black, um, this is Greene County. We do what we want in Greene County. We own the airport. We're going to continue to race on it. And she said again, do you have any other business in Greene County? No, I don't. She said, Sheriff, would you escort Mr. Blank from the building because he's trespassing on Greene County? We're going to race in Greene County. <laughs> and I'm sitting wow. there, my jaw's on the table. And, I'm, and after after this guy left, I said, Commissioner Snyder, with all due respect, I appreciate the support. It's fantastic. But I can't go into a legal battle with the PennDOT and the FAA. She said, you don't have to. We don't take federal money. That's why we're racing in Greene County. She said, if he had done his homework, he would have known that we don't take federal money. And the reason we don't take it is we don't want the government telling us what to do with our property. <laughs> said, oh, my so the, gosh. So the, Green, the so, Greene County Airport is now the home of the Flashlight Dragons. Of course, that's <laughs> in Waynesburg right off of uh, yep, Interstate 79. Yep. Let's talk about the 2022 season. What is coming up? When do we start? Who can come? Where do we find out about it? Let's have the whole, let's have the whole ball away. Very good. I'm going to run through it very quickly for you. Um, with COVID, and certainly um, uh, we're just getting back to normal, basically. We raced in 21. We were only able to put on two races. That was uh, They were well attended. We had 170 approximate racers and about 1,000 spectators each time. So it was really well attended. But Green County's goal is to get people to come to Green County, come experience it. It's a beautiful community. There's lots to do, a lot of history down there. But they want people in Green County. So they gave me my full five-race schedule, which um, uh, there's a loophole in the, in the FAA's rules that they still like to like follow but aren't required to. And that's only close your airport five times for non-flying events. So that's what they do. They gave me rain dates this year, which is huge. So if we do get rained out, I don't have to go and double promote. You can imagine how hard, hard and costly that is to cancel an event and then fire it back up and promote the new rain date. So I have five dates. We start on May 22nd, and um, I won't bore you with all the dates right now, but we're there uh, May, June, uh, uh, August, and we have a weekend event on September 10th and 11th. It's going to be a veterans event on Saturday, uh, Friday, I'm sorry, Sunday. We're going to have live bands after the racing Saturday night. Uh, it's, it's, the summer is going to be, it's going to be flashlight drags on steroids, basically, the way I can put it is, uh, we have opened up a new class. You talked about, uh, who's, who's coming to trailer queens and so forth. We are now doing a, uh, new, two new classes called big tire, small tire, no prep, eight mile heads up, uh, kind of like what you see on TV, but, um, we're going, we're not going to have the drama. So we're racing. Uh, we're racing. Uh, those will take place of our big dogs. Our big dogs were always the cars that the crowd loves to see. Necessarily, the racers don't always like to see it. So we're just going to replace the big dog class with the big tire, small tire guys, and they'll bring. And there's there will be a hundred dollar buy in for that. So there will be a cash payout for the first time in our history. So regular flashlight drags will go on as always. We'll race all day. We'll race into the wee hours of the event. And then we will open up the, the lanes for the runoffs. We do, we actually, we have a, 
electric class this year. Um, I, I can't believe how far technology has come, but the electric cars, some of these Teslas are so fast that my streetcar guys don't stand a chance in an eighth mile. Maybe a quarter mile would be a good race at the end, but we only do eighth mile. And uh, so we ran an electric class last year. It was pretty well attended. So there's something for everybody, basically. You run what you brung. I said that earlier today. But that means you drove it into the gate. You want to go racing, go racing. So All right. So we're talking electric. We're talking yeah. gas. We're talking diesel, just about everything that wants to come in. Yep. Let's, talk, yep. let's talk to the fans who think they want to take part in this. What is mm-hmm. the cost to drive? What is the cost to spectate? Okay. It's $40 to race. And that will be $40 from the time we uh, start racing at 2 o'clock until we end at 6. There's no limit to the amount of passes you can make. Um, the only limit is the size of your gas tank. And there happens to be a brand-new sheet directly across the airport from uh, across the street from the airport. So you run. You just It's like a, um, I call it a merry-go-round. You raced. You enjoyed it. It's fun. You win. Yeah, okay, pick somebody else. You lose, pick somebody else. Uh, and if you don't have a friend to race or, or you don't know anybody there or you're uh, just trying to get your feet wet, we have what we call a singles line. And it's not a dating app. It's just somewhere where you get in line and you'll, and you'll race the car behind you or the car in front of you. doesn't matter what it is. So we just want you to get your feet wet, get accustomed to it, um, have some fun. And then as the day progresses, you'll get a chance to say, hey, I, you know, I want to race your Mustang. My Mustang is faster than your Mustang or my Mustang's faster than your Camaro. Uh, and, and people just, you know, they're just smiling and laughing all day long. It's just, it's tremendous. And how much to come in and be a spectator, Michael? It costs you $40 to come in and race, and it costs you $10 to spectate. And we have food trucks and some vendors. The vendors wrote, you know, we never know who, who we're coming in. We let our vendors in for free, as a matter of fact. I don't charge them a setup fee or anything. We just want, thing, you know, things for people to look at when they're not watching the racing. And where so, can we find uh, out all the information? You can find it all out on uh, flashlightdrags.com. That's our website, and everything's on there. We have uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all the social media stuff, which I struggle with. I have to be honest with you. But we try to get the word out as best we can and um, and just keep on racing. To answer your question, the record holder, to my knowledge, is this guy named Ed. Again, the last name I won't tell you. He's from down in Beaver Falls. We raced it at uh, Zillianople. He had 37 passes in a four-hour stretch. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> Michael, Michael Schindel has joined us. He's the uh, operator and founder of the Flashlight Drags in their 20th season this year down at the Waynesburg Airport. Michael Schindel, thank you so much for joining us. We hope we get a lot of race fans down there this summer. Ah, oh, Jim, thanks. Great talking to you again. And now more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Howie Bayless. Second career win on the Penn Ohio Series in the Welder Supply, Edge Drywall, Knight's Vineyard, car number 63. He's coming out of the car. Let's give a round of applause. Your feature winner, Chris McGuire. Chris, congratulations. Second career win here on the Penn Ohio Series. First one at your 
somewhat local track, Mercer Raceway Park, but tonight, three and a half hours away, second career win on the series. Has to feel really good. Yeah, it's a great way to start the year. Car was excellent from the get-go. Um, you got to apologize to Gordon. I, when I lost control of the car going through right there, I think I chopped them off a little bit. I'm sorry about that. But, no, the car was great. Uh, track turned out really good. You could race all over, and it was a good trip down. And you made the trip. Now, what's the plan for this year? Are you going to follow the Penn Ohio Series now since you are their point leader? Yeah, I'm going to. I followed Sean and Deanna. They got a great deal going on. Uh, I'm going to follow them then uh, full time at Sharon Speedaway when they're racing. And let's go ahead and talk about the pit crew and the sponsors that made this winning ride possible. And what kind of chassis are you running? Uh, my father in law is the chassis builder. We kind of designed this one ourselves. It's a Tober chassis. Uh, uh, it's a coil car. He's had a leaf car for quite a few years, and we finally switched over. Uh, we got about a year and a half on this car, and it's been pretty good. What about those sponsors? Uh, first off, I'd like to thank my parents, my wife, my daughter. Uh, all the sponsors that take care of uh, uh, Penn, Ohio, Sears, Can-Am, Homac, uh, they gave us a great opportunity. Uh, Water Supply, Beacon Lubricants, Ed Strywall, Knight Vineyards, Bob Swanson's Garage, uh, Dan Marshall Motorsports, Wedge Performance, High Side Graphics. Uh, I got a lot of them. I know I'm missing some tonight. Uh, got to study up on them a little bit more. <laughs> Fatch's car is going. I think you're going to be going to victory lane a lot. What about the ultra-fast half mile? It, I'll tell you what, you guys were going three wide, two wide, and it seemed like you still had room. Yeah, it was great. Uh, it kind of turned into a little bit of a momentum track, especially getting into one just a little bit high and uh, through bottom three and four, but the track was really raceable tonight. Race has to give a round of applause. Chris McGuire here in victory lane. This portion of today's program was brought to you by RPS Financial Solutions. Stand on it. Come on, man. Stand on it. Stand on it down. Yellowstone Speedway proudly presents Rapid on Racing, the Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program is brought to you in part by our marketing partners. Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the eastern United States, here's Rapping on Racing.